The title is Respect for Marriage, God's Way. Respect for Marriage, God's Way. And we've been in Genesis. We talked about months ago that God created them, male and female. Uh, we talked about Abram getting married, Isaac getting married, Jacob getting married. And it, it's a consistent theme uh, throughout Scripture. And uh, I want to encourage those maybe listening online. Uh, you might want to move over to Rumble. Uh, here shortly for our sermons and, and my sermons. I think it's just Westside Christian Fellowship on Rumble now. Uh, I'm, I haven't started a, a channel there yet, but not too sure how long uh, YouTube will put up with the truth. So um, switch over there if you if you can. You can find us there. And I want to give you a little bit of, of a background of why this is so important. Respect for marriage, God's way. Does anybody notice the play on words in the title? And what our uh, House of Representatives and Senate just passed, I think on Wednesday, it's something called the Respect for Marriage Act. And I'm going to uh, read from Wikipedia, one of the most trusted news sources on the Internet. But they did a good job on at least this definition. So the Respect for Marriage Act. How many of you were aware of this? See, hence the need for a message. Uh, the House of Representatives p- passed it already. It went to the Senate. And uh, they passed it. And what it is, it's a bipartisan bill to repeal the Defense of Marriage Act. Many of you know what that is. If you don't, I can explain it briefly. But uh, some time ago, our elected officials decided to define marriage and defend marriage. And so this new Respect for Marriage Act requires the U.S. federal government to recognize the validity of same-sex marriage. Now, you might say, well, the Supreme Court already did that in 2015. Right, but now they're codifying it. Now the states are legislating it and making it law. Hence, this sermon might be illegal shortly. Go to Rumble again. Now, here's what really fires me up. Uh, This other couple words they put in here. They're gonna now the government's gonna recognize the validity of same sex marriage and inter inter racial marriage. So when did skin color and sexual preference get thrown into the same sentence there? And interracial marriage, last I checked, it's been there's no reason for saying this. The only reason you're saying this is now senators and the House of Representatives are going to look at this and go, oh, I can't be against interracial marriage. I better vote yes on this. See, these sneaky little stinkers, I'm telling you, how they word things. And also, this one just, I I didn't know to laugh or cry. And we're actually going to protect religious liberty. No, you're you're not. It's, It's the opposite of all of this. And in 2015, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled in Oberg, Ethel versus Hodge that the 14th Amendment requires all United States to recognize same-sex marriage. And so here's what happened uh, recently. And many of you, I don't know if you know this, but Clarence Thomas, one of the Supreme Court justices, recently said, now that we've overturned Roe v. Wade, we should reconsider the Oberg Ethel decision. People were panicking. 
And so here comes this Respect for Marriage Act. And you're actually not respecting marriage if you go against God's Word. It should be the de-respecting, non-respecting marriage act. Because they are, they are trying to pass legislation that will validate sin. And it was passed by the first openly gay senator. They said this, this will give millions of loving couples the certainty and the dignity and the respect that they deserve. Now, the word dignity means worth and honor. And we give people of all colors, creeds, sexual preference, all men are created equal in the sight of God. It's already in the Constitution. Life, liberty. It, there's dignity. There's worth. There's value. But you cannot legislate morality in this area and overturn God's Word. And so... This, this hiding behind, well, they have to have dignity and they have to have respect, thoughtfulness and regard. You can have dignity. I, I can give someone total dignity and thoughtfulness and respect them completely, but disagree with their lifestyle. And so see the twisting of words here. U.S. Senator Pat Toomey said this. He opposed the legislation and said it actually threatens religious liberty. This legislation would enable activists to sue faith-based groups that provide vital services for our communities in an attempt to force them to abandon their deeply held beliefs about marriage or close their doors. He said the Respect for Marriage Act does not provide any meaningful benefit to same-sex marriages that does not already exist. It does significantly threaten religious liberty. Now here's what's interesting. When they first started to pass this, they did not have a lot of support uh, with, with, with the Senate. I don't know how, if you know how this works. Quick, quick history lesson. You have Congress. It's the House of Representatives. It's a larger body of groups. You know, from our district, our district would be Mike Garcia, number 218, there, when, when, uh, the recent election. And then you have senators, about 100 senators, correct? Two from each state, 50-50. You actually have to have 60 of them vote for this. So I believe it was 10 or 12 Republicans came on board and said, we will now support this. Why are they now supporting it? Because when it was initially drafted, they said, no way. We see where you're going with this. And so just a few little crafty words were added, and, they're, and now they're like, okay, I, I think we can pass it now. But Tony Perkins said this, of course Senate Democrats insist the threat to religious freedom that held up the bill has been fixed now. That fix was with is just a few flimsy sentences clarifying that the institution of marriage won't be forced, or I'm sorry, churches won't be forced to perform actual wedding ceremonies. But it does nothing to resolve the hammer this legislation takes to everyday people. It doesn't protect the worker who doesn't want to be coerced to celebrate LGBTQ Pride Month. Hello, firemen, policemen, you've came to me before. Teachers, if anything, it's also not going to protect parents who don't want their children indoctrinated. If anything, the misnamed Respect for Marriage Act will accelerate the persecution that we've seen in the last seven years to a level no one has ever dreamed. And obviously, 
little disclaimer here because it's going to happen. You know you shouldn't be political. This is thoroughly biblical, folks. You better wake up and stop drinking the Kool-Aid. This is thoroughly biblical. God's Word says something about marriage. Why? Because it begins to pervert the children. This is about kids and your grandkids. If the nation is saying, oh, you can marry, where does it stop? You can marry your cat. You can marry your stepdaughter. You can marry the, a New York City judge just allowed the marrying of three men. This is a slippery slope we are on. We have to stop capitulating and get men again or women in office who will say this is wrong. And I'm going to point out why this is wrong. I'm going to stand on these grounds. But you might be saying, what is the biblical response? Well, it's very simple. To contend for what is right. To love those caught in this lifestyle. To be filled with the Spirit of God. To press in and to speak the truth in love. Why is this a big deal? Why is it? Because the foundation is eroding. And I think I have a picture I can show you to give you a little picture here. That's what's happening. And instead of legislators who will help build the foundation, I could, you know, hey, I could get 100 meter tons of dirt in there, compaction, we could fix that. It would take a while. But you could, you could fix that foundation. But instead, they've got an excavator and they're just helping it along. They're pulling the dirt down. They're destroying the very foul fabric and foundation of society. Have you ever thought about this? Marriage was been for a man and a woman all of, all of humanity. Now people engaged in ungodly acts, but God never endorsed it. It was always, always to be between a man and a wife, and that's where a man and a woman, that's where the security of the children come in. That's where the foundation of society goes. And so it's not going to be popular to stand up for the truth, but it is powerful because that's how lives are radically changed. And did you know, I've said this before, we're actually not a democracy. We're a republic. The reason is, James Madison wrote this. It is of great importance in a republic not only to guard society against the oppression of its rulers, but to guard one part of the society against the injustice of the other part. And so we are to have people in positions of leadership, a republic where we put people in positions, senators, congressmen, to stand up for what is true, to stand up for God's Word. Legislation cannot be formed by popular opinion. It must be shaped by Scripture. Have you ever heard what Bill Clinton said on this issue? Or Biden? Or Obama? Or Trump, for those who think I'm one-sided? I don't think Trump, Trump is actually flip-flop. He's had, but oh, oh no, no, marriage between a man and a woman. Clinton, all between a man and a woman. Biden between a man and a woman. Go, you can find it all on Google, on YouTube. Oh, but now it's affecting votes. Now it's affecting my popularity. And see, we're to to say what the Word of God says regardless of popularity. And you clarify your position. I would say, I'm, I'm all for interracial marriage, but how dare you, how dare you put together skin color, not a choice, by sexual preference and deviance, which is a choice. You, 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 you can't make that connection. Have anybody heard of uh, Johnny 
Joni maybe, Ernest, Cynthia Lummis, Roy Blunt, Shelley Moore, Capito, Lisa Murkowski, Rob Portman, Dan Sullivan, Tom Tillis, Todd Young, Susan Collins. Any names? Let me give you the last one. How about Mitt Romney? I just named the 12 senators that capitulated. The opportunity to stand up for what is right. I don't know how we're led into this deception. No matter what is amended, when you say same sex is now law, think of the wiggle room. There's no wiggle room. What, so actually what I'm saying is going to be illegal. Oh, no, no, no. I won't go. Give me a break. The devil is sly. He's sneaky. He's just, he doesn't push you off the cliff. He leads you, one, he, he leads you down one step at a time. Sexual revolution of the 60s. Well, it's not that big a deal. Everyone's doing it. Well, let's make legislation because we have to protect the dignity and respect of others. Oh, you're right. Let's capitulate. Because what about respecting and having dignity for the little ones? See, your freedom is not a freedom if it hurts others. And the devil walks us down one step at a time, one wrong choice at a time, one compromise at a time. So the first point I want to make, the pillars of truth are eroding from that picture you saw. The pillars of truth are eroding. Let this verse sink in. 1 Timothy 3.15 Paul's saying, if, if I'm delayed, here's what I'm going to write to you so you know how to conduct yourself in the house of God. Here's what the house of God is. The house of God is not a affirming place. It's welcoming. We welcome all people, but we can't affirm destructive lifestyles. He said, the church is to be the pillar and ground of the truth. This place is supposed to be the, the pillar of the truth, to hold up the truth, to influence senators and legislation, to, to, to be the spiritual influence. I've told you before, I don't want to beat up this, this whole topic again, but the pulpit used to set the tone for the spiritual climate of the nation, the Senate, the Congress. They would ask, what is the pulpit saying? What does God's Word say? Williams Blackstone's commentaries of the laws of England that the Supreme Court used to use would, would give Scripture references for laws. They would begin by praying and fasting and seeking the heart of God. Sermons were published all across and put into the newspaper. Why? Because words shape destiny. The words from the pulpit can shape destiny. Look at what Jesus did with 12 men. He didn't come in with swords and clubs and a battering ram. He came in with the power and fullness of the Spirit. And those words carry weight. Words can bring down the Roman Empire. Words cause the, uh, spark the American Revolution. Words cause the proclamation, the declaration and proclamation and, and, and the freedom of slavery. And, and the words create life and destiny or death and destruction. So, Pastor, wake up! This is not a popularity contest. The power of the Spirit must resonate again in your hearts to call the nation back to God. And I'm not angry. The reason I got up so early is to get my own heart right. 
Can I can I just publicly confess something? I I am a people pleaser. I don't want to offend. I don't want to upset. But when the Spirit of God takes a control of you and calls you and gives you a burden, the Word of God is in my heart like a burning fire. My flesh wants to shut up, but but my, the Spirit saying, "No, don't hold it back." Change, help change the course of history. Change the course of destiny. With the words, they carry weights. Jeremiah 2. Has a nation changed its gods which are not gods? Of course not. He's saying the Amorites, the Hittites, the Perviites, and Hittites, whateverites, and all these Babylonians and Medan Persians, and they've, they've never changed their gods. They still bow to their gods that are not gods. But my people, my people have changed their glory for what does not profit. Be astonished. Be astonished at this. Be, be horribly afraid. Be very desolate, says the Lord. That's Bible. For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living water, and they have hewn themselves cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. So what happens is if they've forsaken God, the living water, Jesus said, if you drink of this water, you will never thirst again. Woman, if you drink of this water, you will never thirst again. I am the living water. I am the living hope. Out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. And God says, I will give you this living water, but you've rejected me. You've turned from it. And now you're trying to drink of, of cisterns that are broken in dirty sewage water. And you're trying to, to find this living water in things that are supposed to hold me, but they are broken. They are plea to come back to the living water and thirst again for me. It's a call of God to His people. They drifted from God and they searched for fulfillment in sexual promiscuity and idolatry, broken cisterns. You know, I, I have to mention this because no matter what you watch, no matter who you listen to, When we talk about same-sex attraction, homosexuality, I always let people know, uh, biblically speaking, sin is sin. The drunkard, the adulterer, the fornicator, the liar. It, 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 it's, it's all coming out of a heart that is depraved and doesn't know God. All of it. So we don't stand up here with a judgmental spirit. We stand up here with a loving Challenge to turn to your Creator. And so what happens is, but Shane, look, look what you're doing. You're, you're, you're causing people to be suicidal and depressed. And, and look at the, the suicide rate is alarming. The depression is, is skyrocketing Adderall and they have to take off. Why? Be, they, why? Because of conviction. I've been in places where the person caught in adultery wants to take their life. Suicide and depression. The person who can't stop drinking. They're ruining everything. Oh, I'm so depressed. See, it's the sin that causes the suicidal thoughts. It's the sin. It's the conviction of being away from God. So you just have to point them to the Savior. Point them to the cross. Point them to eternal life. It's the same look I get from anyone caught in sin. Yeah, but if I look to Jesus, I, 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 He might not take this away. He might not. 
by the time we could go through this room, how many people cannot still go into a bar? So they hear the clink of the ice and the whiskey and why doesn't why didn't he take this away? People can't go to the gym or the beach because of lust. Why doesn't he take this away? Why am I struggling with depression? And when will God Spurgeon was his depression will come upon him like like nothing he's ever felt? But see, it is common to all man. Sometimes God delivers and sets free. Praise God for those testimonies. But sometimes, sometimes you got to walk with a limp still, and you say, "I can't go back there. That pole is strong. That demonic stronghold is still whispering to me." Sometimes He doesn't set you free because the greatest testimony is to get to the end of your life and say, Christ held me the entire journey. Christ walked with me. Yes, though I walked through the valley of the shadow of death, He held me. He lifted me up. Though those, the devil tried to pull me back into that stronghold, God kept me. That is just a powerful testimony as God setting a person free. Now, I'm going to put up Scriptures that... It's in the Bible. You're not going to see this too often. Are you ready? Are you prepared? Are you sure? Deuteronomy 22.5 I'm, I'm not ashamed of the Bible. Actually, what I've noticed, the more I commit to the Word of God, the inerrancy of Scripture preaches the totality of the Scripture, the more I feel the boldness and the fullness of the Spirit. And when you start to question it, uh, man, that's really not for today. That, no, 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 no. You know, Paul really didn't mean that. I can't count. Give me a break. You might as well pull up a couch and have a conversation and get rid of the pulpit. A woman shall not wear man's clothing, nor shall a man put on woman's clothing. For whoever does these things... <laughs> Let me just tell you how much of a people pleaser, pleaser I am. The first draft of this sermon, I had ellipses. And I didn't have the word abomination in there. Like, oh Lord. It's like, are you embarrassed of my word? Abomination means a stench. Do not do these things. It's an abomination to the Lord your God. Leviticus, you shall not lie with a male as with a woman. It's an abomination. And then you're going to get the people, yeah, but you're also not supposed to eat shellfish. ceremonial laws, dietary laws for the nation of Israel that can change, fulfillment in Christ, moral laws never change. Moral laws never change. The excuses... See, here's what we're supposed to do. Reach out to those struggling, but react to the agenda. Fight the agenda. Love those who are struggling, but hold the line against the agenda that's trying to pervert the next generation. And this is what God's Word says. This is the, the truth of God's Word. But they'll so try to twist Scriptures. I don't know if it's... A, it's probably still there if you put my name, homosexuality, and Fox News. There's an audio recording of an hour where I sat down with another pastor. I don't think he's even a pastor anymore. Of a, of a large church that, that shrunk down to 200 people. And he says that, it, it's God's, that these are not applicable today. To give in to your desires. And you can hear the different thoughts. And they'll say, well, look at David and Jonathan's relationship, huh? You know, you never know there. 
What? You've lost your mind. Well, all the references in the Bible have to do with with like sodomites and prostitution and rape. No, it doesn't. No. It's pretty clear. I made Adam and Eve, not Steve. I made Adam. I formed them. I, put, I let, what, let what God bring together, let not man put asunder, King James, or separate. Let, let not man separate. Not only that, you just look at creation. How? You know, come on. I don't need to get grabbed. Hello? When you create something, when you build something, men, like I remember I built my daughter something, a little playhouse, not built it, but you know, just did something, and she goes and throws it in the pool. Well, that's not what it's for. That doesn't work. It doesn't float. And so you see, you look at design, points to a designer. Man's way versus God's way. The definition of marriage has never changed throughout all of human history until recently. Did you know that? All societies, all nations, all creeds, all colors, Africa to Asia. It was, a, it was actually a given. Nobody would even... It, it, that would not even enter the minds of people. Now, sexual deviation in all areas has always existed. Why are they saying that all of this is increasing at an alarming rate? Because they're being fed this, the kids. Now it's a cool thing to do. Now I can rebel against my parents. And when you start to mess with sexual identity, you hurt people at a very, very deep level. Creation speaks to the character of God. And remember, the Supreme Court, this is what I've had to remind some people, is not a law-making body. Hello? I just talked to somebody, I'm not going to mention names and things, and but... It's like, well, you know, the Supreme Court said it's the law of the land. So, you know, you really, you have to, pastors, you have to submit to that. No wonder they don't say much about abortion because it's the law of the land. But the, the law of the land is the Word of God, people. The law of the land is God's Word. That's the law of the land. And then the Supreme Court, what they're supposed to do is come up alongside legislation and say, is this in line with the Constitution? They're not supposed to make, and they use the 14th Amendment to, in 2015, the 14th Amendment has nothing to do with marriage. It's unbelievable how far we have drifted. But leaders in the Christian community are leading us to confusion. Leaders are leading us to confusion. The leaders that are supposed to lead us to the truth are leading people to confusion. Here's the thing, many pastors lack the fire of the Spirit and therefore they lack fervency for the truth. Fervency for the truth is a byproduct of being filled with the Spirit. So what you're seeing across our nation is actually an indictment against the pulpit. It is a spiritual indictment. It's like God is dropping the hammer and saying what you're seeing is the spiritual condition of the leaders. It's coming out. Or I should say, nothing is coming out. In social media, there are, there are some blessings. There's definitely a curse. And that curse is, how many likes and followers do I have? Just last week, 350 people left my Twitter. Oh well, 
If we're, if we're doing it for the numbers, we have to say, Lord, did I please up? I actually would be surprised if I don't have, like, what's going on here? What's going on here? Oprah's asking me to be on a program? The view wants my opinion? And do you ever hear those pastors go on there? Well, tell us, Carl Lenz, for example, about your thoughts on abortion. Well, that's, you know, that's a private matter. So many variables. It really depends on the situation. And we have to understand the, the nuances behind what women are experiencing. And, and this, you know, could happen. And, you know, we know the government says this. And then also you have to take in consideration, you know, we really don't know the inner struggles that are... What's the, what's the Bible say? Hello? He's confused. They're confusing you because they're confused. Many times they don't take God's Word as the authority and errancy of Scripture. And people say, I only preach the Gospel. Well, okay, but you fail to realize that the Gospel affects all areas of life. From the unborn to LGBTQ+, plus, I don't know how many things you're going to keep adding. Did you know now that San Francisco is giving out money to the transgender community? I believe it is. And there is a hundred a hundred identities that you can choose from. What, why not 101? Or one, where, where is it going to stop? What you're seeing is the fruit of cowardliness, not boldness of the Spirit. And these leaders will be held accountable because your silence speaks volumes. Did you know that? Your silence speaks volumes. When God says, tell, I, I'm telling you to say something, prophet, Ezekiel, and you say nothing, Jeremiah, Isaiah. Well, we don't live in the Old Testament. We're not Old, we're not Old Testament prophets. True, but you're, you're New Testament pastors. And you're called to speak all of God's Word. And what, what, here's what's happening. Feelings outweigh God's Word and people are going with feelings. Like they should just be able to marry who they love. Okay, what about that That feeling goes against God's Word and it's going to cause damage? It's all about rights, 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 but your rights are hurting others at a very deep level. And so the silent pulpits must awake. And I did a, I did a quick view of history in the church. It's amazing. Many of you heard of St. Augustine. Right? He was bold and he confronted things. Justin Martyr, Polycarp, Savarola in Italy. He said the Italian people are full of wickedness. And he went to his grave. They, would, they killed him. The papacy killed him. Tyndale, John Huss, Wycliffe, they all spoke the truth with love and their words. And Luther and Calvin and Swingley and John Knox in Scotland. The queen wanted to kill this man. She feared his, his, his prayers more than the armies of England. The prayer, they would confront the culture. And that's why we hear of them today. Whitfield would confront the culture. Wesley would confront the culture. D.L. Moody, Spurgeon, all these people you guys love and you read and you, and you, and you send me their information. Did you know they confront to the culture. You show me one passive pastor who kept his mouth shut in critical times. You show me that person and you show me where he's at. None of them changed the course of history. Oh, but Shane, they've got a million Facebook followers. I don't care. Trump has 17 million Twitter followers. That doesn't make... 
What he says, right? Oh, they just let him back on Twitter, I guess. I just heard. I don't know if that's good or bad. More information later. Here's what's happened. Many pastors lack the fire of the Spirit and therefore they lack fervency for the truth. Boldness on these issues comes from time with God, folks. So to me, it's an indictment on the spiritual condition of today's pulpit. It's an indictment on the condition of today's quiet pulpit. And I've told young pastors, I said, take some time off if you need to and spend it with God and come back on fire. Oh, but I'm busy. i got to do this going on. I might lose some followers. Yeah, oh, oh, for sure. What is highly esteemed among men is abomination of the sight of God. Be, be careful when all men speak well of you. I love what Leonard Ravenhill said. He was talking to a group of pastors. And he said, get unction or get out of the pulpit. And I hope, I know we, this, this is going to be on about 80 different radio stations next week across the United States. It, and I hope pastors get PO'd. I hope they get so mad, they go back and they say, Lord, is it I? Is that... Is it, Oh, I don't like what he said, but is it true? Is it true? Take it to the Lord. And then, of course, what I hear often, I only preach the Gospel. They say, they fail to realize that the Gospel affects all areas of life, from the unborn to LGBTQ issues, and from wokeness to wicked legislation. The Gospel changes the heart, which in turn changes the nation. You are supposed to tell people, maybe not all the time. I mean, this sermon, 95% of the time, my sermons aren't like this. It's through the Word of God, helping people encourage. But there has to come a point where you talk about these issues of abortion and marriage. But they're, Shane, they're hot button issues, man. I'm going to upset you. you. Exactly. That is the point. That's the point. You're not a motivational speaker. The sad thing is, the reason when they say, I just preach the Gospel, but actually the Gospel they often preach is watered down, it doesn't offend, and it's powerless because they lack the boldness to tell the truth in other areas. I have never seen anybody send me a message, if you can find one, that is bold on these controversial issues, that is not bold on these controversial issues. So I'm not going to, no, I don't talk about that, I don't talk about that, I don't talk about that. I've got half, half Republicans, half Democrats in the audience. I don't talk about that. I don't, want to, I don't want to say to anybody, you show me where that person is bold in the pulpit about the Gospel. Repentance, the blood of Christ, judgment, sin, atonement. They're not. It's an excuse to hide behind their silence. There is no wiggle room. No wiggle room. Mark 10. But from the beginning of creation... God made them male and female. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife. The two shall become one flesh, so they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let not man separate. There is no wiggle room. 
So again, what I said earlier, the next point, we must love people, but expose the agenda. Love people, but expose the agenda. I just found, I just came across it in YouTube. About five years ago, I stood in this very spot. And I preached and led a memorial sermon. A memorial service for an openly gay man. His sister put me in contact. We went down there. He lived in North Hollywood. He was sick. 35 years old. Looked like a GQ model. And it was pretty bad. And we talked on the, left on the couch and just left in my book. Prayed with him. Just encouraged him. And then two months later, I found out he passed away. But his mom said he was passing around the book everywhere. Highlighting it. God was working in his heart. And I said, sure, I'd love to, to do that. I'd love to to preach at the memorial and honor him. Loving the people that came were, you know, it was, it was mixed. Loving that. No, there's no hatred. Why is love speech hate speech? Have you thought about that? The truth sounds like hate to those who hate the truth. You can get your phone out for that one, tweet it. The truth sounds like hate to those who hate the truth. So here's how they get, oh, you're just, it's just hate speech. No, actually it's love speech. If you want to be honest, your speech is hate speech. Because you don't love them enough to tell them the truth and help them. You think telling them to cave into their desires is going to help? How's that, how's that got us so far? Where's that got us? Nowhere. Ephesians 5.11, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. So here's how this works. People, sinners come to church. Amen? We love them. But I, I, I gotta expose that thing that is taking you down. I have to expose that darkness that is hindering you from coming to the light. How do you expose something if you're silent about it? Ephesians 4, 14. We should no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried about by every wind of doctrine. Doesn't it sound like America today? Paul saying, stop, and this, this is why this happens in America. Well, this person says, this person says, this person, we're tossed around by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of man. What do you believe? I don't know. What do you think? What do I believe? Paul said, stop it. Speak the truth and love to get people back on the right foundation. And then I love this point. Don't be shamed into silence. Don't be shamed into silence. National polling supports marriage Equality among the mainstream. Of course it does. They're swimming downstream and we are swimming upstream. And you know what? Man. How many rabbit trails do you want me to go on? For pe- well, I'm glad many of you like it. I know some people won't be back, but that's okay. Because I, I'm not here to appease the masses. I'm not here to... To, to tickle ears because why are you seeing Shane, why are you saying these things? Why are you seeing, being so bold or why do you see what is happening? Do you see have you seen the videos of the transgender men pole dancing in front of seven year olds? That's child abuse. How dare you be quiet? Let me turn the table on you, Mr. Quiet Guy. Mr. How dare you? Have you seen it? 
Have you seen it? It's out there. LGBTQ story hour in the library. That is sexual perversion and child abuse. How dare you be quiet, sir or ma'am? Why don't you speak up and say this is not right with tears in your eyes? Where is that going to lead? Do you think sexual sin stops at a good, healthy spot? Myself, Pastor Abram, we talked to somebody in the Sheriff's Department who handles and works with the sex trafficking area. And he, would say, he said the filth and the perversion, would you would vomit. The door that pornography opens up. And I can't even tell you. I can't, it's, it's sick and it's perverted. It's things like, I wouldn't even enter my mind. And people are doing this and filming it. How dare you be quiet? How dare you think I'm the loudmouth? What about the pornography industry and all these agendas that are killing our children spiritually, emotionally, mentally? Who's really the hater? Think about that. He said it's growing. It's an epidemic. And this is opening the door. John 12, Nevertheless, even among the rulers, many believed in Him. But because of the Pharisees, they did not confess Him, lest they be put out of the synagogue. synagogue. Why? They loved the praises of men more than the praises of God. And then, of course, this point is very valid. I was born this way. Elizabeth Warren ensures this, 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 this act that was passed, I believe actually it was passed, but it has to go through another procedure and before the president signs it. So be in prayer about it. Be the, I mean, I don't know what can happen at this point. Maybe God would revive Biden. The Holy Spirit, He's saved. Like, I can't sign this. Who knows? With God. Or America might be heading down the toilet. But she said, this, this will protect. It ensures that everyone can marry whoever they love. See how that's garbage? Who defines that? Who defines that? What that looks like? Romans 5.12 Just as one man's sin entered the world and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men because all sin. Ephesians 2.3 among whom all we conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and we were by nature children of wrath just as others. So, when people, I've had, I've talked to homosexuals in Palm Springs, and when, you know, and it, this is often comes up. <clears throat> I was born this way. I mean, they're, there's complex issues with, you know, if we were to unpack this for a little while. But the bottom line is, I would say probably so. Did, did you know, as a, did you know? I don't want, you guys might leave after this and I'll never come back. Did you know I was born to lie? Pastor, I was born to cheat on my spouse? It's in here. Do you know that? Don't look at me as so, holier than now. How many of you, by the grace of God, you don't go out and get drunk and hammered today? How many? See? Oh, don't have to raise your hands. Like, okay, good. What's going on? I was born this way. 
Why am I so angry and explosive? I was born this way. <coughs> but to me, that's actually very encouraging. Because yes, you and I were born into sin. All manner of evil. And that's why we're here this morning. Because of the cross. Just because I have an inclination to do something doesn't mean it's right. Think that through. Did you know that many were born to murder? Have you ever felt that way? I, not anymore, but I've been there. Like the heat of passion, that's what they call But why am I I'm Yes, 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 you were born to sin. But thank God for 1 Corinthians changing from the inside out. Now, this is a profound and powerful Scripture. Do not glance through it. Even if you've read it before, you know it. Open your ears. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Could it be that silent pastors are actually leading people to hell? Absolutely. Because they should be able to lovingly warn people with tears in their eyes. Not anger, love. Do not be deceived. Many are deceived. Neither fornicators, sex outside of marriage, nor idolaters, nor idolaters, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, male prostitution, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, no revelers, those angry, arguing, bitter people, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. Now it's supposed to go, wow, I'm in trouble. Right? That's, whoa. And then he goes on to say, and such were some of you. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of God. So it's profound. Yes, that's who you were. That's also why I have an issue sometimes when AA when you say, you know, I am an alcoholic. No, that's that's not who you are. It's who you struggle with, possibly, but who you who you are is a, is a child of God. I was that. I was that. I was on the highway to hell. And see, these things are a byproduct of sin in our heart. It 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 it, it comes out of us. And like I said earlier, your sexual orientation may not always be changed, but everyone can be restored. Everyone can be restored to the loving relationship with the Father. And yes, life is challenging. Life is difficult. I've fallen many times. I've had to get back up and fight the demons of my past. But I didn't quit and give up and say, I'm out of here. So God can strengthen you and see you through. He loves you. Even while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. How powerful is that verse? I think it was, I actually told this, I forgot about it. I told this story at that memorial five years ago. It's always stuck with me. It, it was of this young man, probably 20 years old, walked away from God. He's coming home every night, drunk, on drugs, and his dad is trying to let him have it. I'm kicking this guy out of my house. I think the wife's finally on board. 
Praise God. And so here he comes at two in the morning. This little boy she used to hold and nurse and care for. And he comes in and passes out on the couch. And the dad's like, he's really going to get it now. He stayed upstairs. He didn't hear the wife saying anything. And he came downstairs and, and he saw he saw her holding him on the couch. Hoping, praying he doesn't have an OD. Caressing his hair. Praying for his son. And the dad got so What are you doing? And she said, He would not let me love him while he was awake. So I will love him while he is asleep. The grace of God. The love of God. Calling. Drawing. Petitioning. Asking. Convicting. Such were some of you, but you've been washed. You've been clean. No doubt many listening. This will probably hit close to 100,000 people next week. Many of you listening need to be washed. You need to be clean. It's a loving Father. Stop letting the enemy beat you up because of your sin. And allow Christ to cleanse you because of His redemptive work on the cross. Praise God.